The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. To bring the word of God to us today in God's favorite house is um, none other but Omo Papi. One of the former parties. <laughs> Let's put our hands together for Pastor Lamide Adele as she brings the word of the Lord from the throne. Let's put our hands together. Let's keep clapping. Let's keep clapping. Let's keep clapping. Let's keep clapping. standing um i remember a story that i i read about it happened in the 1940s a professor of theology in the uk professor or decided to take some of his theology students on an excursion to rectories so one of the rectories that they went to was john wesley's rectory how many people heard i've heard about john wesley he was responsible for the revival that happened in the UK and across the US in the 1970s. He's the founder of the Methodist Church. And so when the students got into the rectory of John Wesley, they went downstairs, saw the living room, saw the study, they saw the notes, and some of the notes that he actually wrote, you know, they were preserved. Then they went upstairs. And John Wesley was known to be somebody who prayed he prayed so hard. He prayed for so long to the extent that by his bedside, his knees made two patches on the rug by his bedside. So these students went upstairs and they saw the patches actually made by the knees of John Wesley. And they were done with the excursion. They got back into the bus. And the professor decided to do a head count before going. And then one person was missing. He went back inside downstairs he didn't see the person he went upstairs and saw somebody kneeling on the same patches you know that that were formed by john wesley's prayers and the person was praying god do it again lord i know you can do it again and he kept saying god do it again through me do it again through me and the professor walked over to the person tapped in on, on his shoulders and said it is time to go and billy graham got up on his feet and he went to join others in the bus and the Lord did the Lord do it again through Billy Graham hallelujah and last week Sunday at the GWTIA the Lord did it again in this place he did it again and again and again and again and we're gonna give him thanks let's give him thanks for the souls that came to Christ Let's give him thanks for all the miracles. Let's give him thanks for the healings. Let's give him thanks for the testimonies. We ain't seen nothing yet. Oh, give him thanks. You've done so much for us. We cannot tell you all.
And so, Almighty Father, this morning we are thanking you for what you did again in our midst last Sunday. Lord, if all the hairs on our heads were tongues, there would not be enough to say thank you. Lord, including the voices of a billion angels, there will still not be enough to say thank you. Thank you for the healings. Thank you for the miracles. Thank you for the testimonies. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for deliverances. Thank you for doors that have been swung open. Thank you, Lord, for the heavens that are open upon us individually and collectively as a church. Thank you for new books of our lives that are being written. Oh, Lord, we give you all the praise. We still don't know how to say thank you. Accept this humble thanksgiving, oh, Lord God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. You may please be seated in the presence of the Most High God. So the, the topic of today's message is after the open heavens. Can you say it after me? After the open heavens. Amen. Thank you, true worshipers. God bless you again and again. Amen. So I, I just really want to say a big thank you to Papi. Um, indeed, it's a privilege for me to be here to bring the word of God. I, I, I say thank you to Papi and I thank God for his life. And um, I'd like to say thank you to my husband as well for, you know, all the support, you know, he's been um, giving me all throughout this period. And um, may the name of the Lord continually be glorified in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. So I'm, I'm going to pray right now. Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, thank you, Lord, for another opportunity in your presence to learn at your feet. Spirit of the living God, almighty Father, we pray this morning that you rend the heavens and come down by yourself in the name of Jesus. Speak to us by yourself and let your name be glorified. Lord, prepare our hearts, O oh Lord God. Lord, till the soil of every heart here in the name of Jesus. Let every heart here be receptive to your word and let your name and your name alone be glorified. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. I remember sometimes in um, 2007, um, I was going to drop off my daughter. She was just a little bit over five years at school. And um, we saw somebody dropping off this little white child. And my daughter went, oh, no, mom, I would like her to be my friend. I want a white friend. And, um, and I was like, okay, you know... About three years earlier, we had just relocated back to Nigeria. And she was so young, she was just two. And she had quite a number of friends that were white. So I told her that, well, that season is past right now. All the friends that the Lord has given you, just appreciate it and thank God for it. But she wouldn't give up in her request for having a white friend. So one day, when I was taking out to school, she made a request that almost made my eyes to pop out of their sockets. So she said, oh, no, mom, can I have a brother or a, young, a baby brother or a baby sister? I said, well, let's, let's pray to God about it and we can talk to your daddy about it. She said, well, I don't want a black baby brother or a black baby sister. I want a white baby brother or a white baby sister. I said, Tanto, a righteous indignation was about welling up on the inside of me. And I said, on this face of the earth, Tanto, it can never happen. If it ever happens, that roof, that house will not contain your dad and myself. 
And she said, oh no, mom, my, the house is big enough. The baby can stay in my room. I said, Tanto, you still don't get it. It is, it is impossible. Then she said, but you said the Lord can do all things. I said, yes, the Lord can do all things, but the Lord will not take you and put you in the middle of, in the middle of trouble. The Lord will not take his child and put the child in the midst of fire. She said, oh, no, babies are cute. They are not troubles. She wouldn't give up. Then I said, okay, Tanto, I think it's time you go pray about this. She said, I will go pray about it. And I was saying, oh, Lord, please have mercy upon her as she goes to pray about it. And, um, and God is so merciful. He's just such a sweet God. And then she, about two weeks later, she came back. She said she had a dream. And that in the dream, she was the only black child in the class. And that all the students were white and they all wanted to be her friend. And myself and her daddy looked at her like this. Okay, dreams come from multitude of wishes. You know, but as God would have it, two months down the lane, we got um, a letter of cross-posting. And her dreams actually came to pass. She was the only black child in the class for three good years when we were there. And we had some respect for this little girl, you know. And so... Um, her story was when the Lord turned the captivity of Zion, they were like them that dreamt. Then said they among the heathen. I'm sure by that time we were the heathen to her, we were the unbelievers. But the Lord opened her heavens and the Lord gave her a beautiful testimony. In the name of Jesus in this season, the Lord is doing much more than you can ever ask. Much more than you can ever imagine in the name of Jesus. If it is in your dreams, if it is in your heart, the Lord is placing it in your hands in the name of Jesus. Papi has told us that our collective heavens as a church is open. And we give God all the praise for that. And our individualized heavens too are open. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So last week, Papi said that laws are backed by authorities. And God's um, principles are backed by his promises. I didn't forget that all throughout the week. And I said, well, as long as there's a promise attached to this principle, I want to go for the promise I'm not going to start asking about the correctness of the principle, whether it is right or wrong to pay tithe, whether it is right or wrong to do this. I'm just going to go ahead and pay my tithe. I'm just going to go ahead and sow my seed, you know, because there's a promise attached to it. And the name of the Lord will be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. So dive with me into our text for today, which is 1 Kings chapter 18 from verse 1 to 46. And it says, then Elijah said to Ahab, go get something to eat and drink, for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. So Ahab went to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel and bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. Then he said to his servant, go and look out towards the sea. The servant went and looked, then returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. Seven times. Can somebody say seven times? Seven times Elijah told him to go and look. Finally, the seventh time, his servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. Then Elijah shouted, hurry to Ahab and tell him, climb into your chariot and go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. And soon the sky was black with clouds. A heavy windstorm brought a terrific rainstorm. And Ahab left quickly for Jezreel. 
Then the Lord gave special strength to Elijah. He tucked his cloak into his belt and ran ahead of Ahab's chariot all the way to the entrance of Jezreel. May the Lord bless the reading of his holy word. Amen. King Ahab was known then as um, probably the, the most evil king that Israel ever had. And then side by side, you know, with him was his prophet, who was the most famous prophet of Israel then and was the most dramatic prophet, Elijah. But you would think that somebody, you would think that the light, you know, would reflect on the, on the darkness. But no, but because King Ahab was married to Jezebel, you know, his, his, his marriage to Jezebel was politically motivated. And um, Jezebel was the daughter of the Sidonian king. But at the end of the day, it was, it was very tragic for the kingdom of Israel. You know, because Jezebel turned the heart of Ahab away from the God of Israel, our God. And Elijah could not have, you know, such a good influence on him for a very long time. So here in verse, if we go back to verse 41 of our text today, Elijah was telling Ahab here, go home, go home and eat. Now... Three and a half years before, Elijah had declared drought on the land, you know. God was unhappy with Israel. Elijah declared drought on the land and, you know, there was famine. Everybody was unhappy. Eventually, God came back and told Elijah to declare that there will be rains. And here in verse 41, Elijah was telling Ahab, go home, re eat, rejoice. Yeah, because I can hear the sound of the rain. In GFH, right now, we are hearing the sound of the rain. And the Lord is telling you, go home, drink, eat, rejoice. Even though Ahab hadn't seen the rain, even though Israel had not seen the rain, but um, Elijah was saying, go home and eat. I remember um, um, an analogy that Papi gave last week about you know, a, a child, a, a son whose father promised and said, well, if you do your exams well, um, if, if you pass your exams, I'm going to get you a car for college. Now, if the father is a pauper, the son would know that, well, I'm not going to attach so much importance to this promise. But if the father is a rich man, guess what? The son is going to be so motivated to work out knowing that the father has the resources. Now the king of kings is telling you that the heavens are opened. You know, even though you can look, you can't see it yet. But he's saying the heavens are opened. And I'm encouraging you this morning that you rejoice at the promise and not at the performance. Amen. And the name of the Lord will be glorified. Why? Because of the infallibility of the person who has given the promise. Because of the integrity of the person who has given the promise. He is the king of kings. He is the lord of lords. He is the maker of the heavens and the earth. He is the God who rides on the wings of the winds. You know, he is the God who brings out the winds from his storehouses. He uses the rains. He uses the winds. He uses the thunders as his messengers. And this same God is telling you, go home. Eat. Rejoice. The heavens are open. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel like jumping up and hitting the roof right now and just dancing. Amen. Hallelujah. The Lord has beautiful things in store for us. John 20, 29 says, Blessed are you who have heard and you have believed. You have not seen, but you have believed. Because we walk by faith 
and we do not walk by sight. Amen. So for our heavens to remain perpetually open, there are several things we need to keep in perspective. And um, verse 43 of our text today, then Ahab said to his servant, go and look. So my, my, my next point says, go and look. Pay attention. The Lord is doing mighty things. Be on an alert. You know, look out for opportunities. You know, be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 6.18 says we should stay alert and be persistent. Amen. Now, it was Elijah that heard the sound and the spirit. But the servant didn't hear anything. And he sent the servants, you know, to go and look. And he went to look. He came back. He didn't see anything. So Elijah heard the sound. In GFH, we have heard the sound. The Bible says, believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe in his prophets, so shall you prosper. His son has heard the sound of abundance of rain. So just receive it and rejoice in it and be on alert because it is coming to pass in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. My next point is don't stop being expectant. You may not see anything yet, but don't stop being expectant. The, serv the servant went seven good times. He went the first time, came back, I didn't see anything. Went the second time, came back, I didn't see anything. But Elijah was absorbed in prayers. The Bible says that Elijah put his face in between his knees and was praying. He wasn't going to be bothered by whatever was happening around him. He just kept praying. Don't stop being expectant. This is not the time to stop praying. You have to pray more and more because the Lord is doing great things in the mighty name of Jesus. James 5.16 says, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availed much. And Matthew 26.41 tells us that we should watch and pray. Amen. Watch and pray. Don't stop being expectant. And... Um, you will see the fulfillment of the promises, of the prophecies in the mighty name of Jesus. You will look back to this season of open heavens and only rejoice in, in his name. Amen. My next point is the little cloud. He went and he saw the little cloud. Don't despise the days of little beginnings. Do not despise the days of little beginnings. You know, though your beginning may be small, but your latter end shall greatly increase. When you look at big businesses today, when you look at big, 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 big things that are happening in the world today, they, a lot of them started small. Most of the things that start big don't last because the people have not learned the lessons they ought to have learned by starting small. When you start small, there are some lessons that the Lord would want you to learn. I remember when I started the law firm and we were struggling so hard. You know, don't tell my husband this, he may be hearing. So, <laughs> I remember it was so hard and we had just two members of staff. And, you know, and it was hard to pay the salaries. And I remember there was a project that was going to happen and I was going to make a lot of money from it. And I had planned, oh, God, this is what I would do. This is... It never happened. But God made me go through that wilderness experience. There were times that my, I, I, I would use some of my alawis. That's why I said, don't tell my husband that. I would use some of my alawis, you know, to, some, of, some of my alawis to pay salaries, you know. 
but I can't remember when last I did that. So because I've learned, I learned a lot of lessons. I learned the hard way. I learned to budget. I learned to plan and I learned to save. You know, so there are a lot of things that God is taking us through during our small beginnings. Don't despise the days of small beginnings. Zechariah 4.10 says, don't despise the days of small beginnings. And I'm here to encourage you that whatever it is that you need to start, it is in you. You know, Elijah was telling the, Elisha was telling the widow, what do you have? She said she didn't have anything. And she had this little oil. And Elisha was telling the, the widow, give me that little bread and flour, that, that little flour that you have left. Use it to make bread for me and let me eat first. <laughs> I couldn't get over that when I read it at first. I'm like, I'm a man of God. You know, let me eat first. This, this woman is saying, this is the last thing that I have. Whatever it is that you have, the Lord is able to take it and multiply it. Don't despise the days of little beginnings. Don't look down on yourself. Blind Bartimaeus was blind, but he had a vision. He was blind, but he was courageous. When others were telling him, keep quiet, keep quiet, he kept shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the Lord heard him and had, he only had his voice. He didn't have his sight. You have your voice, you have your hand, you have your legs. You woke up this morning, you moved your hands, they moved. You moved your legs, they moved. You opened your eyes, they opened. You have much more than blind Bartimaeus had. And he received a miracle from the Lord. Your miracle is on the way in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Sometimes the workings of the Holy Spirit cannot be Sometimes the, the workings of the Holy Spirit in us cannot be perceived. But you know, when we continue to allow the Holy Spirit to do his work in us and build up character in us and build up strength in us, patience, courage, at the end of the day, it is going to end up in the applause of men and the applause of heaven in the name of Jesus. Amen. So don't despise the days of little beginnings. My next point says glory from the gloomy. The Lord is bringing out his glory from whatever it is that seems like a gloomy situation. So, um, the, the servant went several times. Elijah, I just prophesied that there was going to be rain, abundance of rain. And he went, and the seventh time when he went, what did he see? He said he saw a small cloud. And then after the cloud, what came? The, the clouds, the, after the, the, yeah, the clouds, then the sky became very dark. That was what the Bible says. Let's go to, um, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. Verse 45 says, and so the sky was black with clouds. A heavy wind brought a terrific rainstorm. So the sky was black. So what is it today that looks like a gloomy situation in your life that looks like a dark situation in your life? It is your story for his glory in the name of Jesus. Are you struggling over an addiction? It is your story for his glory. Are you, are, you, are you worried about a child? Are you worried about your children? Are you worried about your marriage? Are you worried about your future? Are you worried whether you're going to get married at all? It is your story for his glory. It may look dark right now. But, but you know what? The darker it is, 
the heavy adoring storms. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. The darker it is, the heavier the rainstorm. So I want to encourage you, like Elijah kept praying, even though he had given the word that there was going to be rain, and they went seven times, and they didn't see anything until the seventh time, and he gave the word, and it got really dark. And I want to encourage you this morning to be on your knees, and don't give up. You know what? Look the enemy in the face, dig your heels to the floor and say, you know what? I am not giving up. This girl that, that God loves is not going to give up. Amen. And it's going to be your story for his glory in Jesus' name. Because the Lord has promised great things consigning us. See, um, there was, a, there was um, a, a word that passed, there was a sentence that pastor gave last week and it said, your perception of God determines your reality in life. How do you see God? Do you see him as your father? Or do you see him as somebody who is just chasing you all over the place with a cane, you know, wanting to cane you and spank you every time? No. God is love. He loves you no matter how bad the situation is. No matter how dark and gloomy you think your life has been up until now. Today it's coming to an end in the mighty name of Jesus. Our God indeed is a God of love. And when you see him as a father, it's very easy for you to accept him and, you know, um, be his child and walk in the promises that he has given you. Amen. So I, I remember something that happened last month. I was talking to my daughter on the phone. And um, she, she's, she's 14. She's currently in a school where the um, older brother finished from. So she was saying, so it was a video call. So she was saying, oh, mom, you know, um, somebody walked up to me and said, I heard you're in his sister. And she said, yes. And the person said, do you know your brother is a legend? You know, so a smile, a smile, you know, blossomed on my face. And I was asking her, so I said, so how do you feel about that? Oh, she said, oh, no, mom, I'm, I'm, I'm happy about it. Because initially it was a struggle for her. She thought, well, the expectations were too much. I don't want to go to the school he finished from. So we had to talk her through it, live in it. Really, she'd enjoy it, you know. And so she now said, oh, no, mom. And then about two weeks later, somebody walked up to me and said, I heard you're in his, um, in his sister. And she said, yes. And she said, do you know your brother is a goat? And I was like, the smile on my face, you know, dissipated and molded into a frown. So I said, how does somebody go from being a legend to being a goat? My daughter just covered her, her hand with her face and laughed and said, oh no, mom. A goat means the greatest of all times. I said, okay, praise the Lord. So, so I said, so how do you feel about that? She said, oh, no, mom, I'm very happy about it. You know, the teachers are happy with me. So, and I'm here to tell you this morning. Do you know that the, the devil sees you as a legend? Do you know that the devil sees you as a goat? G, capital letter G-O-A-T, not a small goat. We are sheep. In fact, I was thinking, why can't somebody just come up with an acro a beautiful acronym that is a sheep or a lamb? You know, why goats? Praise the Lord. <laughs> so, do you know, child of God, that the, that the enemy sees you as a legend? He sees you as the greatest of all times. He knows that right inside of you has been implanted the power that is above and greater than any power that he can ever dream of. Do you know that the enemy envies you? 
Do you know that he knows that you are the daughter, you are the son of the king of kings? Do you know that he knows that you have all powers that have been given to the Lord Jesus Christ? So if I were you, I would not walk with my face down. In fact, I will walk with some swagger to my steps. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And with some springs to my steps because my father is the king of kings. And that is, what, that is how the enemy sees us. So if we realize it every single day of our lives, we will not allow depression to come in. We will not allow sadness to come in. We will not allow ourselves to live in defeat. Whenever he wants to come in at that particular point in time, we stand on the promises of God and he will give us victory in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So the Lord gives special strength for service. The Lord gives special strength for service. So I was, I was going to say something um, before the next point. That when you see something the way God sees it, the enemy can't seize it from you. When you see it the way God sees it, God called Abraham and told him to take a look. And God had to change his perspective you know, and he saw it and as God saw it, you know, and God gave him the, the fulfillment of the promises. The promises will come to pass in your life in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So uh, my next point says, um, that's from verse 46, says, then the Lord gave special strength to Elijah. He tucked his cloak into his belt and ran ahead of, Eli and, and ran ahead of Ahab's chariot all the way to the entrance of Jezreel. Now, this, this particular text happened after the contest on Mount Carmel. You know, that's where the song, God of Elijah, send down fire. God of Elijah, send, send down fire. Oh, God of Elijah, send down fire. God of Elijah, send down fire. Hallelujah. So after the God of Elijah sent down fire, Ahab was tired, and that was when Elijah told him, go, eat, drink, and rejoice. Amen. So, all this happened in Carmel. So, the distance from Carmel to Jezreel was about 17 miles, 17 miles from Carmel to Jezreel. And the Bible says the Lord gave special strength to Elijah. He tucked his cloak into his belt and ran ahead of Elijah's chariot all the way to the entrance of Jezreel. When the Lord calls you for service, he equips you. The Lord gave Elijah special strength and he ran ahead the chariots of um, the king of Israel then. The Lord gave him, you know, special strength. He gave him agility and he was able to run with speed. Amen. So in Israel, actually, because of this text, an idiom came out of this text, and, and the idiom means doing something vigorously or enthusiastically. Elijah was enthusiastic about, about the work of the Lord. So, 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 so the Bible, come with me here, please. The Bible says that Elijah tucked his cloak into his belt. So when I checked other um, verses of the Bible that have to do with the cloak, Isaiah 15, 50, 59 verse 17 says, He put on righteousness on his body armor and placed the helmet of salvation on his head. He clothed himself with a robe of vengeance and wrapped himself in a cloak 
of divine passion. So the cloak means divine passion, you know. And then when, 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 when I thought of the belt, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 6, verse, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14 came to mind. And Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14 says, Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. So it's the belt of truth. So Elijah talked his cloak, his, his cloak of zealousness, you know, enthusiasm about the work of God, talked it in the truth of the word of God. And I want to encourage you, this: the, the Bible says that, belt of truth, and the Bible says, sanctify them with your word. Your word is what? Truth. And we know in, in John chapter 1, the Bible says in, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. So Elijah had a cloak and he had a truth, the truth of God's word. Every single time as children of God, when we live our lives, you know, under the mirror of the word of God, it will give us speed. In whatever we lay our hands on. You know, when, when, when we are enthusiastic about the, the work of the Lord, we know the truth. We have this truth. And we are zealous about it. The Lord gives us speed in the mighty name of Jesus. So there's an equation I came up with. Um, can we have it on the screen? It says, the belt of truth plus zeal equals speed. Amen. So when you have your belt of truth, when you have divine passion, when you are zealous for the work of God, and every single day you live your life under the mirror, you gauge your life by the standard or by the objectivity of the word of God. You live in power. You live in speed. You will outrun your colleagues in the name of Jesus. You will overtake them. You will catch up with them, and you will overtake in the name of Jesus. That person you are looking up to right now, and you are thinking, God, will I ever get here? Will this ever happen to me? The Lord is giving you speed in this season in the name of Jesus. Just make sure that you hold on tenaciously to the word of God. Do not let the word of God go. You know, um, um, Joshua said that we should meditate daily on the word of God and by this we will have good success. Amen. Good success. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So my next point is go and tell. And if there's anything that I'm praying that, um, if there's anything that I'm really praying that um, somebody takes home today, it has to be this, this point. Go and tell. Amen. So Ahab told, um, Elijah told the servant to tell Ahab. Go and tell Ahab. Go and tell Ahab. Tell him to go home. And that otherwise, because the rains are coming, otherwise the rains will stop him. I remember when um, Papi told me I was going to take today's sermon. And so day one, I was praying to God for direction. Day two, I was still praying to God for direction. I didn't have any direction. In fact, I was typing a message to him. I was saying, sir, any direction, blah, 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 blah. In my mind, I was like, why are you typing this message? But you know what Papi will say? We tell you to go and pray. I just deleted the message. I didn't bother sending it. So I remember something that he said he, he, he does that, you know, because he's trusting the Lord for something. And so he sleeps on the couch and he says, how many people remember 
Pavel saying that, and he says yes, that he will keep sleeping on, on, on the couch until God answers that prayer. So I said, God, until you show me the direction this night, I am going to sleep on this couch, you know, for as long as. So while, while dozing off on the couch in the middle of the night, I just heard this very clearly, go and tell. And I jumped up. It was so clear and so loud that he woke me up from my sleep. I jumped up, opened the Bible to this scripture, and I saw, go and tell Ahab. Amen. So the Lord is telling you this morning, there's a testimony he has put in your mouth that you need to go and tell. There are some Ahabs in your lives that the Lord is sending you to in this season. That is where your, well, that is where the fulfillment of your promises lie. How lovely on the mountain are the feet of those who bring good news, proclaiming good news. Go and tell the Ahab in your life. You know, and, and Pastor said something very profound when he was teaching about this particular verse, go home. He said for us as children of God, home is the presence of God. Home is the place of prayer. Who are you telling into the presence of God? Who are you leading into the presence of God? Because the rains are coming. You have some people, some loved ones in your life that the rains are coming, the rains are coming and the rain is going to be a blessing. And he said, if you are not home, he told Ahab, if you are not home by then, the rain will hinder, it won't be a blessing to you. If you are not a child of God yet, if you are not born again yet, if you have not accepted him as a personal Lord and Savior, the rains are upon us. The rain will hinder you. And I'm praying today in the mighty name of Jesus that you will not leave this place without giving your life to Jesus so that the rain will not hinder you, so that the rains that will come will not stop you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. I put a poem together. I want us to um, read the poem. And um, CMM, can I have the poem splashed on the screen, please? Okay. Upon us, the heavens are open with great words of prophecy spoken. Yes, every gate is broken. From slumber we have been awakened. Out of our fears we've been shaking. Rejoice. Things are beginning to happen. Arise. Go and tell. Ring the bell. Yes, you may also yell. Let your head swell, for he has done us well. In him we'll continue to dwell. He has changed our apparel. Broken is the enemy's spell. To sorrows we say farewell. At his love, at this love we marvel. Amen. Hallelujah. We marvel. We marvel at the love of our father. Indeed, is a great father. I remember... Um, um, this movie that I watched, I don't know, I enjoy watching such, you know, animations. Lion King 2. How many people have seen Lion King 2 here? How many people have seen Lion King? Okay, thank you. I'm not the only one. Yeah, quite a number of people. And I remember this part when uh, Mufasa was the, was, the, was, the, was the Lion King. It was the father of a young cub, and um, that was Simba. And, you know, Simba, he presented Simba to... To, to the kingdom, saying this is your future king. And Simba kept feeling cool. Oh, I just can't wait to be king. I just can't wait to be king. And the father called him one day and said, there's a valley there. Don't go there. You know, the father gave him a piece of advice. But, but um, Simba refused to listen to that piece of advice and listen to the voice of the enemy. That was his uncle. That was um, Scar. 
he listened to Scar, and Scar said, well, if you really, really want to be a king, you know what you do? You will go to that valley. You know, by the time you go to that valley and come out of that valley, then you can prove to everybody that, yes, I am a king. I, am, I can be a king. So, well, on that day, um, um, Simba deceived the dad and went to the valley. There were hyenas, a lot of hyenas in the valley. And by the time he realized it, it was too late. And he was trying to roar, and the hyenas were like, you know, so they laughed at him. They laughed at him, and then he knew that he had gotten himself into trouble, you know. And he was running all over, and they were chasing him. Just at that point, when they were about to attack him, that was when the roar came, and the whole thing stopped. Sometimes in our lives, we get ourselves into troubles. You may think you are in the middle of a big mess right now, but there's one whose row is louder than the row of the enemy. Amen. There is one whose row is louder, louder than the row of the enemy, than the mess that you may think you found yourself in right now. The Lord is here, and I'm going to encourage you this morning, if you're here, come to God as you are. When you come to him as you are, it will make sure that you don't remain as you are. It will take you. It will free you to change you. The Lord will free you to change you. There's going to be a day on the face of the earth when we are all going to stand face to face before our maker, before the king of kings. And it's not going to ask us about the number, how many people, how many followers we have on Instagram or how many likes we have on Facebook. It's not going to ask us about the good works that we have done on the face of the earth. No, I want to encourage you, you know, to take that step in the right direction that will make your belt of truth secure in Christ Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So, and I want to say that the Lord actually changed, he changed the trajectory of my life change the trajectory of our lives, my husband's life, my family. If not for the Lord, I don't know where we would be today. And that is the truth. It is not, um, it is not, um, it's not a cliche. You know, people say it, but that is the truth. I, I often tell God that without you, I am just finished. As in capital letter F-I-N-I-S-H-E-D. I am finished, you know, without you. So I just want you to, with our eyes closed this, this, this morning, I want to give an opportunity. You may be in the middle of a mess right now. The Lord still heals. The Lord restores. Our God is in the business of changing lives. He changes lives. He changes lives. He changes lives. Ray. Jesus reign, reign, Jesus reign, you are the King of Zion, Judas Zion reign, Jesus
an adulterer and he was a murderer and he ended up being called a man after God's own heart. Mary Magdalene was a woman who had many demons. Jesus Christ cast out all the demons in her and she was the very first person that Jesus appeared to when he resurrected. The woman by the well, the Samaritan, had lived a very immoral life. She had had several husbands. By the time she met with Jesus, she became the first evangelist in her village. Oh, Paul had persecuted the children of God. He had killed, he was a murderer, but he became the greatest apostle that the Bible ever recorded. And I'm going to encourage you here this morning. Don't leave this place. The Lord is about to fix your life. The rains are upon us. He wants you to have the full benefits of the rain. If you're here today, we are not going to ask you to come forward. I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. If you want to give your life to the Lord Jesus, from today you want him to reign in your life. It's a good thing. It's a thing to rejoice with. The Lord works with the messes in our lives and his name is glorified. Raise your hand up to the Most High God and let the name of the Lord be glorified. Don't leave this place the same way you have come in the name of Jesus. Raise your hand, give your life to the Most High God. He's changing, he's changing lives and he's going to change your life. Can I see any hands up? He's changing lives and he's going to change your lives. Raise your hand to the Most High God and let the name of the Lord be glorified. Don't leave this place without meeting the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. It's changing lives and it will change your life. And I'm still giving you that opportunity before I pray. I'm going to be praying in the next few seconds if you're here. You don't know this good God, this good, good Father that we have been talking about. I want you to raise your hand and He's here to change your life. He will turn your life around to his glory amen amen that's one thing that the lord is asking me to just pray about this morning and um, all eyes are closed all heads are bowed and um, if you're here this morning and you're struggling with one kind of addiction or the other i just want you to raise your hand the lord is going to deliver you from that addiction in the mighty name of jesus and his name will be glorified let me see your hand up amen hands are going up amen hands are going up amen amen almighty father the creator of the heavens and the earth the one who delivers his children the one who specializes in taking our messes and turning them into messages Lord, your children have come before you. They have humbled themselves before you this morning. Spirit of the living God, by the power of Calvary, by the power of resurrection, I command every such addiction broken in this life in the name of Jesus. Every power and influence of the enemy upon this life today they are broken in the name of Jesus. Oh Lord, your heavens remain open. In the name of Jesus, your heavens do not go brassy. In the mighty name of Jesus, thank you because you will fill their mouth with rejoicing, their feet with dancing, their mouth with testimonies, and your name alone will be glorified. In the mighty name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. Hallelujah.